What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome. Made it. Seven minutes over. It's all good. Well, not really seven. More like five because I got the two-minute intro. Before we get cracking, uh, give me thumbs up if the audio sounds good. Uh, we will get rolling. John is in the house. John, thanks for coming on, my brother. Good to be here. Yeah, this is good. A lot to talk about, ladies and gents. And I am excited. So before we get started, as always, I always like to look over here and see where everybody is tuning in from. So I'm just going to post uh, a few. Is that cool, John? You good with that? Just to see where our family's That's fine. From. I see somebody from Ontario, Canada. Right there. I was uh, just in Ontario. Is, that's Gail. Uh, Gail. It rained the whole time. <laughs> it rained. But I'm not bitter about that, by the way. <laughs> so, no, I mean, we got to the border of Manitoba. And the sky turned blue. I mean, not a meter before we were in Manitoba. We were a meter into Manitoba and everything turned blue. That's nice, hilarious. nice, beautiful sky. <laughs> well, and here we have another Eastern Canada. This is Mystery. Blessings from Eastern Canada. Good to have you on. Um, let's see. Who else do we got in the house? We have got, I know I saw some Idaho in there. We have some, um, here we go, Saw Blessed. Uh, hi, everyone from Mobile, Alabama. Good to have you on. Let me see. Who else do we got here? Uh, Tamara Marino. Well, you know what? We love it. Thanks for tuning in from Las Vegas. This is great. Uh, let me Brownsburg, get on. Indiana. Uh, where did we see the Indiana? I'll take your word for it. I'm sure Brownsburg, Indiana. Brownsburg, Indiana. We got You're, Oregon. I, I passed a kidney stone in Brownsburg, Indiana once, but that's another topic <laughs> <laughs> we have got uh new york uh jf from new york and uh let's see who else do we got here um a couple more yep i saw idaho in there and we got cleveland tennessee's in the house western washington's in the house and uh queen of props queen of props in western washington Good to have the family in here. Listen, we have a lot to talk about. So, John, I say we get rolling. Let me do housekeeping first let's and let's get it. started. So, um, ladies and gents, uh, let's do a little bit of the housekeeping for sure. Serpents and Dove site. Listen, um, I've been getting subscribe uh, people with your email. Subscribe to the newsletter, um, which is great. I will eventually be sending that out. Just be patient with me. I've got a lot going on. So um, would appreciate your prayers. Um, as Again, listen, everything is on here. Uh, let me go back over there. The uh, I posted the gospel cards. They're on there. You, If you want, you can get them. Just click on get gospel cards there. And also... I can't tell you how much your donations help. Your support to the ministry helps um, to keep things rolling and to keep things moving forward and for things not to get flat and stale. So uh, thank you so much. If you if you feel led by the Lord and you want to come alongside the ministry and support it, you just click there, and these are the different methods. I know I sound like a broken record, but I can't tell you just how important that is. But above all your prayers, I really, really mean it. Um, and even Pastor Tom said it yesterday, and I agree with him 100%. John would too. Your prayers, knowing that you guys are praying for us, um, means a whole lot that we're covered. And um, you're in the battle with us. That means a whole ton. So thank you so, so very much. 
John, this is your site. Well, the church's website right here. And uh, tell us a bit about it. Fellowship Bible Chapel. Um, you can get us on uh, YouTube, uh, Fellowship Bible Chapel, or my name should get you there. Also, a reminder to people that uh, we put, usually what we do is we, we stream live on Sundays. And then we repost it because YouTube has changed. We've done that forever, but now YouTube has changed the way they do things. So if it's only a live update, it's going to be under the live tab. I think you have the same problem, Pablo. Yep. Yep. And people can't find it for some reason. So always uh, look for the live tab on YouTube. And then we're also on uh, Rumble, Real FBC, and then RTN TV, uh, which has an app, rtntv.org. Uh, I, my updates are also posted there. And then we also have an app at fellowship Bible chapel, and I don't really know the status of that. And we're trying to roll out audio podcasts and, uh, we're working with some people who have volunteered to do that. So, but it, that hasn't happened yet. And as you know, Pablo, it's, it's hard to, to keep up with everything to do the little production that you do and record the live show when you're sort of a one man operation. Uh, so, uh, I appreciate what you do. I know it's difficult. I have the same problems. And then when the tech, yeah. everything, the tech thing sort of cascades in a bad negative way, then, uh, I, I don't think people understand the complexity. I think the hardest thing, the video seems easy. It's the audio That's that right, always yeah. seems to be the problem. Yep. Yep. And then I talk with my hands, like I was doing an update in green Bay a week ago yesterday and I had my, I had my little, I have a port, I have a mic like you have, and I have an extra one and I took it with me and I had it sitting there, but it, that one connects through USB and I'm talking with my hands and I knocked that out. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that was sort of, I got a little bit uh, boisterous. So uh, yeah, anyway, we appreciate difficult. your prayers too and support as well. Yeah. And then of course uh, your YouTube channel, a lot of good stuff on your YouTube channel. Yeah, that's usually where we do everything. Uh, I spoke at a conference uh, a week ago, uh, Friday, Saturday, May 5th and 6th, in Calgary, Canada, Last Days Bible Conference. Mm -hmm. Go to their YouTube channel. All the talks are up. Last Days Bible Conference. And um, that Is that was what it's called? Wonderful time. Yeah, Last it was called Days Last Bible Days. Conference. Last Days Bible Conference is the YouTube channel. Okay. And uh, they they originally had them up, you know, like morning session, afternoon, but now they've got them broken down into each individual talk. So uh, you can go there. And there were some great talks. Carl Kirby was there, uh, a couple local pastors, Pastor Stone, Pastor Mantle, and then a guy from uh, Friends of Israel. Uh, he does a Friends of Israel podcast, Chris Atalka, who I had met in, his, in Jerusalem, actually in the city of David back in December, his first talk, I, I mean, I don't usually do this, but I really would recommend that you go listen to it. It was called the Kidron Saga. It, in terms of the way he sort of tied in history, geography, prophecy, archaeology, and all that stuff in a great story that was all biblical, was I just thought fantastic. Yeah, it's the right Kidron here. Saga, like. I put it right by up Chris Atalka. Okay, yeah. There it is. Right and you there. can see some of the old guys who'd spoke at past conferences up there, David Hawking and some other people. Yep, yep. Uh, I know Eric Barger's been there, yep. uh, Mike Gendron, 
uh, we did it two years ago when it was virtual. Yeah. Um, great. But just, and then I spoke at park, I think it's Parkland grace church. They have a YouTube channel. I spoke there on Sunday, May 7th. Um, uh, just a great church. It was, it was full, uh, you know, a few hundred people there and, uh, just a great, great group of believers. You know, it was, that was, was so neat. I think I like these conferences where you meet in person and you get to, you just, you have immediate fellowship in connection with all these people. So we had people, they came in from, there was one couple there, their daughters had bought them a plane ticket to come uh, to the conference. Uh, they live in British Columbia, but, you know, in Calgary, we were about 12 hours drive from, with the crazy Canadian roads that they have in the multiple, <laughs> they have one road. Okay. And they have construction zones. They have an alternative road that we were going to use and that it got shut down by an accident. And when they shut down a road there, if there's like a fatality or something. They just come in and they just shut the road down. It's like the only road East West. They just shut it down for 24 hours. You know how it is. And, yeah. and even if it's on the other side of the highway, we had this happen in Manitoba as we're coming into Winnipeg, they just shut down the road for three hours. It, it's kind of crazy. And then there's construction zones. So the alternative route, that we were to take, it had a major construction zone. They had a temporary bridge and you can only have one truck at a time go across the bridge. It was just, it was insane. <laughs> uh, but we were like 12 hours from Vancouver when we were in Calgary. These people live in British Columbia, but they're 18 hour drive from, wow. from Vancouver. So Canada is very big and very open and very empty. And they have, they have all, I think they have about 37 million people in Canada. And I think it's kind of a close race between whether they have more lakes or more people. Uh, there's lakes and ponds everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's insane. So, and you know what, like you said, I, you sent me some pictures and I said, yeah, we're definitely running out of room. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you drive the, you know, the, the Saskatchewan is very flat. They have these very interesting salt flats, but it's very flat agriculture. It's not that interesting. Uh, and they say in Calgary, it's so, or in Saskatchewan, in Calgary, they say, you know, in Saskatchewan, it's so flat that if your kid or dog runs away, you can watch them for four days. <laughs> there he goes. He's still so. going. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway. Yeah, so. great, great time to, but if you have an opportunity, people to go to a conference um, with people. I know Tom has some this summer. We're doing one in San Diego in, I think, July Texas? 21st and 22nd, and then in Texas, the end of August, which is yeah. the time you really want to go to Texas. Yeah, I'm sure. The end is. of August. Yeah, I bet. But that'll be in, I think, where's that round wall or someplace like that? Um, so. That I'll be at both of those. Yeah, that should be really good. Um, hey, listen, so where do we just uh, – really quick, I, I was looking over here, not that I could do a whole lot about it, but I think you're coming in nice and loud. Uh, folks, just give me a – let me know if I'm coming in um, too low. I don't think there's a whole lot that I could do on my end other than just crank the volume up a bit. Um, other than that, uh, just tell me if I'm coming in way too low or what, but I'll look at the comments real quick. We're just going to keep moving on and because there's a whole lot to talk about. 
And I want to get your take. First, we'll get this, and then we'll talk about Israel for a bit, and then we'll jump into um, Yuval's talk about AI and hacking humanity and all that fun stuff. Because I thought it was really interesting that as he's talking about um, the hacking and language, right behind him is this picture of a modernized Tower of Babel in the video. And so I found yeah. that really interesting. I don't think that is coincidence or coinkydink at all. But and also the when he's talking about the use of language and everything, he he then comes out with this money quote from his talk, and he says, "In the beginning was the word." Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna get and to he that does quote. The, yep. Okay, he does yeah. this stuff all the time. Yeah, he does that. Um, I'll be frank with you. He's quick. He's quick at talking. He knows his stuff. He just barely glances at his notes. I mean, it's all up in here. And so he's just, um, yeah, he's good. So listen, I want to get your take on this family. Just bear with me because I love John. John, I've told you God has gifted you with a beautiful mind and a very analytical mind too. You've got the lawyer mind. And I just want to, I'm going to briefly put up Four articles. I showed these to you right before we went live. And I want to get your take on this. Then we'll move on to Israel because I want you to actually talk about what you told me. And then we'll get talking. So let me go. Um, let me get on over here. So this came out October 7th of 2022. Blaze Media, I believe, is the media company owned by Glenn Beck. And uh, so this came out October 7th, and it talks about how the U.S. government bought $290 million in anti-radiation drugs. I think I briefly talked uh, about this yesterday with, uh, with Tom, but this was their thing. On Thursday at a Democrat fundraiser in New York City, President Joe Biden claimed that Russian President Vladimir Putin was, quote-unquote, not joking about his, quote, potential use of tactical nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons. Just keep that in the back of your minds. I'm going to move on to the next one. This one came out May 1st of this month, and I've, I've, I've talked uh, briefly about this. Texas City holds week-long nuclear training exercise led by who? The FBI, and it also involved military. Right here, the FBI... Houston says multi-agency nuclear incident training exercise will include military personnel and aircraft in the Texas city. Moving on. I talked about this yesterday. 60,000 pounds of explosive ammonium nitrate went missing, quote-unquote. The date down here is the 17th of May. Um, I don't know if you guys could see it right on right there. That's when it broke. I think that was Friday. Um, but that's a big deal because as far as I know, they still haven't found the missing uh, explosive ammonium nitrate. That's not like one or two bags. And even then I'd be concerned. This is 60,000 pounds. That's a lot. I mentioned yesterday that uh, Timothy McVeigh, I believe, used about 2,000 pounds of this stuff in Oklahoma. And then the last one that I'm going to share with you guys, this came out today, well, actually yesterday. Report confirms dozens of senators are being issued taxpayer-funded satellite phones in preparation for what they call a, quote, disruptive event. And um, it, it, you know, I got to say, 
Gateway Pundit and their ads are just ridiculous, man. But uh, just ignore the ads down there. You got to get through it. Report confirms that U.S. senators have been issued emergency satellite phones. And the official line of reasoning behind offering these phones, well, was, quote, to ensure a redundant and secure means of communication during what they call a disruptive event. So I'm going to come back over here to you, John. I'm going to let you take it from you because I want your opinion on all this. Okay, so um, <laughs> where to start? Maybe exactly. we start. Maybe we go backwards. Sure. <laughs> so the satellite phones to the senators. It says fifty. There yep. are a hundred senators. That's right. I. It may be that, and I don't know if, which fifty got them. I mean, and I'm not sure that there are fifty senators that know how to operate a phone, let alone a satellite phone. That's just my personal observation. Uh, but let's sort of talk about things in general. That was sure. just sort of my feeble attempt at being funny. I mean, Feinstein's not using one, all right? I mean, she's she's barely functional anyway. That's your, yeah. one of your senators. On, on a side note, and John, I mean, before you keep going, just really quick, just hold that thought. Um Keto Mama said this, and this is what we're going to talk about. Did you see Amir Sarfati about the all-out war in Israel? Just hang tight, because John is going to talk watched, about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll so go ahead. Go ahead. So, so so let's go back to the thing about Charlie Vector 019-er and Event 201. Yes. Yep. And, and there were prior war games, if you will, on how to handle a health emergency. The and this this thing was kind of interesting about um, um, as we tra traveled around Canada over the past few weeks on our trip, the people who are still wearing masks. I mean, like out in the middle of nowhere, Ontario, or you see people walking outside pumping gas with a mask on. Yep, it's it's insane, and so they accomplished some things of now if they wanted to make people fearful they certainly accomplished accomplished that but my initial take on and, and they've had these exercises on health emergencies and that sort of thing for a very long time this time they put it out um on on the air they publicized it everybody could see it so my initial take, and having worked with some government agencies on some technical issues that were a big deal 20-some years ago, uh, and having high-level meetings with the tech people in the state of Ohio, you want people in the government to prepare for these things. That's that's one thing, okay? You don't, You really want them to know that if a situation comes up, that you'll be able to do something. I forget where it was. I know what it was. We were at one of the Wild West Museums, uh, the Buffalo Bill Museum. And some of the people that were in Buffalo Bill Cody's family, very famous guy in the U.S. West, they died in the Spanish flu pandemic in 1916, 1918 to 1920. So, I mean, these things are real. Okay, yeah. they, they yeah. have, and so you want public health people to be prepared for them and to to have a plan as to what to do. Now, the que the question is when they take that too far. So 
put this in the situation now, though, where we're in uh, the beginning stages of World War III, I think, and Russia is coming out and saying um, they're, they could nuke, they'll, they're not unafraid to use nukes. This yeah. is a longstanding part of Russian war doctrine. If you go back to about 2017 or 2018, I've played this clip in my update. It's a clip of Vladimir Putin speaking the thing called the Valdive, Valdive Dialogue. Valdiv, Valdive Dialogue. It takes place in the Black Sea near where Putin has his billion-dollar home on yeah. the Black Sea. And by the way, you know, I, I understand everybody wants to get all over Zelensky for being corrupt and all that. That's fine. Okay. Putin's been a public servant for 25 years. And so far as I know, he's the only person on the planet that has a billion dollar home. So just so sort of do the math on that. Russia's incredibly corrupt too. But back in 2017 or 2018 at the Valdiv dialogue, Putin came out and said, listen, you know, if we feel threatened, our policy is we don't use nuclear weapons as a first strike unless we really feel threatened, and then we will not hesitate to use them. And if we do, if we do, all you people in the West, uh, we will go to paradise and you all will go to hell. That is a, that's an exact quote as to what he said. Hmm. So he's still saying that. So in light of that, whether... You know, look, I think our government is corrupt and all these things. Yeah, there's a picture. It has a hockey rink in it. That's a picture yep. of his home on the Black Sea. And and so when when somebody's making those threats, when the biggest nuclear power in the world is making those threats, you do want your government to prepare for that possibility. Uh, and, and that could come in a number of different ways. It could come in an EMP attack where it just shuts down the power grid. Uh, it could come though with, with certain nuclear strikes and there there's pictures or maps out there that will show you where they're going to strike and, and they'll go after our nuclear silos. So the, the heaviest part of strikes will be South and North Dakota and Montana, because that's where a lot of our missile silos are. And we, we have up, I think it's, a little bit of a myth that we haven't upgraded our stuff because I, I talked to someone who used to work in those silos and they have a very extensive underground hardened EMP proof communications network between the silos and that type of thing. And it's buried to the point where a nuclear strike wouldn't take it out. That's just, this is what I'm told. Yeah. And maybe these people are being lied to like everybody else, but there people need to understand we could be at nuclear war very quickly. Uh, and so you want people to prepare for these type of things for, if you remember, there was the, uh, I can't remember what the name of the exercises were. They were urban military training exercises that took place in, uh, Tampa and some other cities about eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember the name and, and everybody got themselves all the Twitter. Oh, they're taking us over. They're taking us down. Uh, and part of it was because, you know, that they, they thought that there could be terrorist type attacks within the cities now. So the, the difficult thing is determining whether it's 
sort of a false flag type thing that they're doing. Yeah. They're, they're tipping off that they're going to do something, but it could be Russia's going to, I mean, listen, I believe Vladimir Putin when he says I wouldn't hesitate to do a nuclear first strike. And then Medvedev, his, his right-hand guy goes out there and says the same thing. I think we need to take that seriously. And if we're going to take that seriously, then we have to expect our government officials to prepare for that in some way. So satellite phones would be one of those things. I, I don't know if they know something that, that obviously they're going to know more than we know, sure. but I would, I would hope that they're preparing, but I will tell you just after having lived through the last few years of all the stuff that went on. Uh, I don't know if you saw, I, I read Sunday, some of the, the statement of uh, justice Gorsuch in response to the title 42 case yeah. that hit the Supreme court. Yeah. You talked incredible. about that on your update. Yeah. It was incredible. You, you got to go look it up. Just, just look up Gorsuch statement title 42 and it should come up. It's about five or six pages and read it. And he talks about the fact that our civil liberties are under threat. So on the one hand, you expect people to do things, but on the other hand, you can see how they get completely out of control. So the iodine pills, look, that's you, I would say, given the threat from Russia, let it, just on that basis alone, you should probably go buy some iodine pills. You should probably do some prep. We, we don't know. I, I, I'm not a prophet. Okay. And I think I said this Sunday on my update too, is I think a lot of people in the Bible prophecy community, the pre-millennial prophecy community, were a bit shocked right now as to what we've seen. Because a lot of people thought, well, we would be long gone out of here before this stuff happened. So right now I can say is what what's going to happen before we're out here? Well, we know what's happened already. <laughs> yeah. And it could be something more. So we we're here, you know, we're supposed to be salt and light and all this, all this other stuff. So I think we need to be <coughs> ready and prepared to to deal with some of these situations. And look, if, if we're not here, or, you know, we get taken out in the, a nuclear first strike and you're gone, then somebody else can come and use your stuff. That's right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it, you want to keep people alive because uh, I, I, I'm not aware of any dead person who's ever accepted the Lord as savior. Uh, that's, that's, right. that's kind of like, you got to keep them alive. Yep. So again, so I struggle with, the the tension between I want my government officials to prepare for these situations, but I also know that we've seen tremendous corruption and everything on that. Um, tremendous corruption in our government in use and misuse of power and weapon weaponization of institutions against us in a way that. I don't think any of us ever thought was going to happen. It's just absolutely shocking what we're seeing. And yeah. it's, it's going to be, uh, so the question is how much do we see before we're out of here, either by death or rapture or anything like that. And I could just say, well, we know, we know what we've seen so far <laughs> Yeah, that a lot of us 
we really didn't expect to see this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it, and then, you know, I was listening, I think I listened to, I played golf this morning. So I was listening to Glenn Beck, I think, well, yesterday's show. And then I was seeing these videos that I'm getting in my Twitter feed of what's a target. Oh yeah. It's insane. You, it's, this it's, is, yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. Boycott target. Yeah. Drive them out of business. Uh, Budweiser, they have a huge brewery here in our, not too far from where I live, 10 minutes from where I live. And you know, they're, they're selling some of their products at like 20 cents a can just to get the sales. They've destroyed, and look, I hope they destroyed themselves. Okay. I know that'll be hard on people that I know that work there, but for crying out loud. And so just boycott target. They, the lady that put all this trans stuff in there that headed it up is this Satanist. Yep. Which hardly surprised that somebody deep into trans stuff is a Satanist. I mean, I, I, I was looking at some stuff on, um, you know, sort of doing background research for Sunday about uh, Israel and Nabka Day. And they had a Nabka Day. For the first time, they have this celebration or commemoration of Nabka Day. That's the day of catastrophe that the Palestinians refer to. So Israel's been a country now for 75 years. And they have this thing to celebrate the Palestinian catastrophe. For the first time, again, you know, Pablo, it's this convergence of yeah. all these things that we're seeing yeah. that's happening. So you got, you got the satanic trans stuff, you got the AI stuff, you got potential false flags, you got threats of nuclear war, you got actual war going on. Um, Can I throw something so, up real quick for you? Sure. Let me throw something up just to show everybody. Uh, if you guys are Dodgers fans... This would be a good opportunity for you guys to find a different team. I'm not. And uh, unfortunately, most MLB uh, teams are going to be partaking of this uh, of this pride night. But check this out. What do you think of that? L.A. Dodgers apologize and they re-invite anti-Catholic Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, trans nuns, to pride night. Fans respond. So they had uninvited them and now because of the backlash i guess they've re-invited these demonic men um and you could see what you know what a uh what a joke this is so the dodgers management thought they should apologize to these two creeps yep but not to the people who are going to be absolutely offended and appalled by them yeah Absolutely. And you could read Got down it. here. Look, let me go right there. Unfortunately, like I said, the ads stink. The Dodgers <laughs> previously removed the vulgar, anti-Christian, Marxist group. And now they have re-invited them as part of their honoree list. So uh, you could, you just, again, where we're at, this is just insane to me. Um so at the UN, as I'm researching this thing on Napka, I come across a big event. They, they had like a concert about the Napka day, but they also like the same day or the day before they had a thing that all these trans activists got together to celebrate trans homophobia, yep. LGBT phobia, you know, to stand against it at the UN, even though there's, you know, there's like, 80 Muslim countries, you think they're on board with this, but yeah. they don't care. 
Yeah. They, they don't, don't care. care. Nope. No, they don't. Um, no, it's, it's shocking. So one thing I think you could say is that, uh, God is, is sending all of these things, you know, it, he said it would be like the days of lot. Yep. And I think it's like the days of lot. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, did lot have to put up with this garbage? Well, that's I mean, what, really? you know what? I am so glad you bought, you brought that point up because I've been asked multiple times, Hey, do you think, do you think that we're beyond Sodom and Gomorrah? And I always answer, we are way beyond Sodom and Gomorrah because the point that you brought up, I've often asked myself the question, did Lot or even those within as perverted as Sodom and Gomorrah was, were they be were they at this point? And so so maybe what maybe we need to uh we can get uh, Pete Garcia or somebody to come up with a mathematical formula for this. I mean he seems to <laughs> he seems to like to do stuff like that. Where, you know, you could kind of say, like, well, you know, we're sort of in the days of Lot Square. And then, uh, you know, maybe that will, and, and we know that, uh, you know, the trigger where we're really going to watch is when it's the days of lot cubed or something like that. Cause exactly. it's an exponential. <laughs> yeah. We, so, it seems like we are there, believe me, you know, the, well, the, and look in second Peter, it says, you know, that lot, that righteous lot, which yeah. I don't know if you read about lot, I would necessarily describe him as righteous, but Peter did. So I'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, it says, you know, that righteous man who was tormented, uh, perplexed, yeah, and tormented, or whatever yep. the the I can't remember the exact word right now. <coughs> well, one 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 translation says vexed, vexed. vexed. His, yeah. He was vexed, and I mean, like, so that's that ought to be a check to us if we see all this stuff going on, and we're not vexed. Then you need to really sort of examine your heart. I also think that God's sort of allowing these things to happen as a way of sort of decoupling the faithful remnant from the world. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. I agree. You know, so, I mean, pretty soon you're, it's like, okay, well, I, we won't have baseball, you know, football, basketball, all that stuff is going to be kind of, you know, so maybe go out and play with your kids. Yeah. Spend time with your family. And, uh, you know, watch live streams of serpents and doves to kind of uh, <laughs> keep you grounded. No, but I'm serious. I do think that God really is sort of, and I thought this for a long, long time, all of these things sort of like are like hitting us to say, okay, you guys, you need to understand that this place is not your home. That's right. That's right. You're here for a mission right now, but you know, we are, uh, you know, you need to decouple yourself from the world a bit. Yeah. And I think so, that's a great way of putting it. I love the way you put it. Decouple yourself from this world. Listen, folks, all of that was just introduction. <laughs> <laughs> that was just all intro, but John, okay. So let's transition and move on to Israel and then we'll move on into the nitty gritty, which is, talking about AI. And I I want to talk about like the video you sent me of Yuvalno Harari. Ron, our brother Ron, he sent me some stuff as well. Um, and, and Ron is is amazing. He's constantly sending me articles. He is in on all of this. So I want to discuss... He's um, like your personal stringer, huh? You know what, Ron? I'm telling you, I, I, I want to... I'm going to put Ron on the spot here and just lift him up a bit. Ron loves the Lord. 
And Ron served in military. Uh, I believe he told me that out of the eight years that he served as a pilot, um, he uh, served seven of those in active combat and then worked for the FBI as an agent, uh, retired in 2017, and continued to work for the agency. This is his last month. Him and his wife are going to be going to Papua New Guinea to join his daughter and her family, husband, and kids over in Papua New Guinea for uh, missions. He's going to do one year. Him and his wife are going to do one year. So if you could keep Ron in your prayers, that would be wonderful. But Ron is in the know. He knows a whole lot of stuff. He's got, he is great information. He's written some blogs on the Serpents and Doves site as well. But Ron sends me a ton of articles. And uh, Ron sent me uh, a couple days ago or yesterday, I don't remember, early in the morning, which was the Yuval Noah Harari. He is up on a lot of stuff. If you guys can remember to pray for Ron and his family, that would be wonderful for a covering. Uh, I'm sure he would appreciate it, and I know I do too, because I love him dearly. So, yeah, that is Ron, our brother Ron, man. He is great. Good stuff. So I'll let, t- I'll let you take over. I want you to talk about Israel, like what you were telling me off the record. Oh, I lost you. Can't, can't hear you. I, there you we're go. having some work done, so that you might hear a buzzing in the back. So it's Don't like worry about it. It's all good. We're having this work done. They're panging and pounding on stuff, and then the mowing guys <laughs> show up. So it's like everybody's going to make noise around the house is here right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to send them all. I'm going to give them $20 and tell them to go to Target. Yeah, no, go, yeah, go to Target. Go over there, go to Target, <laughs> get some popcorn. Uh, and somebody made a great comment here about targeting kids and that type of thing that they yep. really got their name correct. Yeah, they did. They so, actually did. Um, what, okay, we want to talk. Israel. So, yeah, so listen, I just want you to know is I, I watch other guys, okay, even yeah. though I don't agree with them on everything. Sure. Uh, and, and part of that I do because I want to keep sort of a check on myself that I don't kind of get hanging out there all along. So I watch guys like, you know, I'm on Tom. I watched you guys yesterday, uh, you and Tom Hughes. Yep. And other people. And so, you know, somebody sent me a link for Amir Sarfati today. And so I, I clicked on it and Amir, uh, I mean, he, he did a good job of sort of uh, 14 minutes. He did like, he, he can do 14 minutes. I don't know how he does that, but you know, I, I can't even clear my throat in less than 24 uh, minutes, <laughs> but he was talking about the fact that Israel's sort of on the verge of an all out war. So there's this tremendous convergence of things. So let's, let's kind of set this up. Yeah. But Amir's report was they're having high level meetings in Israel, defense minister, Netanyahu, the prime minister, uh, head of the IDF and that type of thing about, are they going to do something about Hezbollah over the past few days? If you follow some of the open source Intel guys, OSINT open source intelligence guys, on Twitter and Telegram, they've been posting a lot of videos of Hezbollah engaged in training. And so this is the the northern border. And I think that the people in Israel, I, I'm a friend with Amir Avivi, uh, who heads up the Israeli Defense and Security Forum. Uh, talked to him, someone I was in, Israel, in Jerusalem in, in December. Uh, and we email back and forth and that type of thing. And he does these updates every now and then on, on particular issues. Is he the general? He's, 
Uh, he's a brigadier general. Brigadier general. Uh, yeah, you sent me a video of his, which was fabulous, and he mentioned how I think he was the one that talked about sanctions having no ill effect on Russia because they prepped for him. I think he was the guy that talked about that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Great guy. Fabulous. So, yeah, and somebody asked me about Jacob Prash, and I'm going to do a conference with Jacob in uh, three weeks in Scotland. Uh, so that'll be on Moriel.org. I'm sure that'll be live stream, maybe on RTN TV, but, um, pretty rough Scotland in June. That's, uh, <laughs> yes, I'm sure you're going to be suffering for the Lord up there. Sure. I'm sure it yeah. is like that. Well, I'll be witnessing on the golf course. I'm yeah, going to get sir. a little golf in. Sir, I, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to get the worst June weather of ever in Scotland, which is kind of hard to tell because it's, it's very bad a lot of the time, <laughs> <coughs> but so, um, the Northern, the Northern theater is very delicate. Uh, we know the Syrian border. We know, um, Hezbollah has people strung through if you want to really drill down on the details, you can go to a website called Alma, A-L-M-A Research, Alma Israel. And they they live in the Galilee up near the Lebanon border. And so they do a lot of research on all of these people. Um, are you still there, Pablo? I'm still here. I'm listening to you. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. I just went full screen on my No, no, no. I put you. So. Here. You know what? I, okay. When you're talking, people don't want to see me. They want to see you. So I put you full screen and then they could get, you know, I thought about putting myself in a little circle somewhere up oh. there, but then it'd be distracting. It looked like a little, okay. A well, so when you go, when you go away, I lose my, my, it's like I lost my, no, no, no. You're there. So you're full screen again. You, you have the okay. stage. I'm sure people in chat will say, Hey, you know, Pablo left and you're on your own now. <laughs> the, um, so the Northern theater is the one that really concerns Israel. And, and when you kind of translate it over into an Ezekiel 38 and 39 scenario, you know, that trouble always comes biblically, usually from the North. And we know that it's going yeah. to come from the North in Ezekiel 38 and 39. So what we're seeing is we're sort of seeing a shuffling and precursor to all of these things. But, Unlike Amir Sarfati, I, I think that Psalm 83 is still significant. Yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily a prophecy, but it's certainly a condition of sort of a permanent condition of the countries around Israel. It's um, so we, there's, like I said, there's this convergence of all these things and exactly how this is all going to play out. You layer into that, like Daniel chapter seven, verse seven, is there going to be some kind of attack coming uh, with Russia? Is Russia involved in that? And then we have this Ukraine thing. It's just, everything is just like, it's like this big jumbled mess. But Gaza is a, is like a big distraction. You know, it's, it's, it's real to the people that live and live there and have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and Look, you know, I have some friends now in a fraught and they they said, you know, their kids were freaking out because of fraught. They had missiles going towards a fraught for the first time. And I went to Shabbat dinner at a house in a fraught before I left Israel back in December. 
And the kids were saying, you know, I, I told them about Gaza. Gaza, uh, we went, they took us down to the Urban Warfare Training Center where they've built like a mock-up of Gaza City. Mm, wow. And they took us through the buildings to show what, and they did a briefing with us on, you know, you have 10 seconds to decide whether you, if this car coming up to a checkpoint is going to kill you or not. Wow. And it's like, uh, and so they showed the video and they said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You have, you have 10 seconds. Your time to decide is over. And what happened was they decided it was okay. And the car drove up to the checkpoint, blew up and killed some soldiers. Uh, Cause it was an actual video of what happened. So the general was there wow. saying, you have to decide this. Then they took us over to the urban warfare training center and they showed us how the tunnels are and what they look like. I, I looked in one, I didn't go in it because it looked like, it wasn't built for my size. <laughs> uh, one of the skinny guys barely got through it. So, you know, it would have been a sort of a, you know, military operation to extract a prophecy updater from Ohio from the tunnel. John gets and, stuck. Uh, so I, I just, the, my uh, wise decision was to not do this. But we went over to a kibbutz after that. And this kibbutz is right on the border. So the, the, we took us out to the fence around the kibbutz and there's farm fields out there that, you know, these kibbutzes have a lot of farms and they raise things and that type of thing. And they're, they're beautiful, but they, um, said, you know, look like a hundred yards, 150 yards out there in our field, the tractor went through a tunnel that they were digging. Mm. They had dug it all the way. So they're probably a kilometer from the actual Gaza border fence, wow. but they had dug a tunnel that far. And then they said, you know, it's 90% heaven, 10% hell, because when the rockets start flying, we have 10 seconds to get out of harm's way, to get to a shelter. And so they carry a phone around with them all the time because it the at least it will buzz and yeah. beep at them and they might be someplace or doing something where they wouldn't hear the air raid sirens but then they took us over to a memorial there and they said listen you know th these things are very random uh iron dome does a great job iron dome they shoot the rocket off and iron dome like instantaneously analyzes this and says we don't have to worry about this one it's not going to hit anything when it comes they they've got the trajectory calculated wow so they because it's a hundred thousand fifty to a hundred thousand dollars per missile to shoot one of these things down these rockets probably can be built for two to six thousand dollars so they get the palestinian islamic jihad which was the one firing rockets in this yeah. most recent incident last week they they get a lot of bang from their a lot of bang from their buck uh on on these rockets and israel spends a lot of money to protect their people because sure. you'd never know i mean somebody got killed last week yeah i think a couple people did and one of them was a a palestinian from gaza who works in israel wow he was killed and by the way they took care of him in an israeli hospital by israeli doctors and he's going to get a pension his family will get a pension from because he was killed in a terrorist attack in israel even though his family lives in gaza Hmm. So don't give me, just, uh, um, spare me all this stuff about the, uh, um, 
apartheid regime and that type of thing. It's just, yeah. it's a bunch of baloney, but look, there's a lot of tension there. You, you can feel it when you walk around and there's tension from between Christians and Jews and that type of thing. And the government now and the legal reform and all this, it's very, very tense situation over there. And talking to um, Amir Avivi over the last year quite a bit, you know, this is uh, this the situation within the Arab cities within Israel is very tense. And now they have all these big terror cells that you'll see within the area that is called the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. They'll attack somebody in Nablus. They'll attack somebody in Janine and uh, and Hebron. Those are sort of the big hotbeds of Palestinian terrorism. And I see some kind of bubbling up in Jericho as well. So these are all Arab cities within what they call the West Bank, but really biblically Judea and Samaria. So and me, actually the biblical heartland of Israel. Let me ask you a quick question. While you're talking, I'm actually going to put myself up there in the top left-hand corner of the screen so you don't think I've gone away. But what do you think is going to happen? Um, okay, well, actually, let me bring it back. Biblically speaking, how do we how do we fit in? Well, obviously, we're not going to fit in, but like Hamas and the West Bank, these terrorist organizations constantly attacking Israel from a biblical perspective. Well, I do think that uh, there's... That's me. Don't worry about me. Don't okay. worry. I'll shrink myself. <laughs> there's a... a um, now I lost my train of thought. There's a prophecy about Edom in Obadiah. Go read Obadiah and look at some of the intri- uh, imagery there and understand that a lot of the Palestinians draw themselves that they consider themselves to be Edomites. Yeah. And the prophecy about Edom is like one of the worst. Like you're going to be destroyed such as you will never be remembered, like you never existed. Right. And given the way that they, and I say they in this, in sort of the collective sense that they're not all that like that, but the bad guys are in the, in the Palestinian Arab, uh, makeup of people, the, that community, there's some really bad dudes. Yeah. So you have, you know, you have Palestinian Islamic Jihad, you have Hamas, but a lot of them will take that. Um, they, they will, they, they pride themselves on being anti-Israel. I mean, I was just watching a boss speaking at the UN, you know, the, a boss, the guy yep, who's yep. now, I think in the 14th year of his four year yeah, term yeah, that exactly. he was elected to. Yeah. And I mean, he was just there at the UN last week, spouting, comparing Israel to Nazis. Um, it's, um, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely. Yeah, and there's, there's no end in sight. To be honest with you, there's no end in sight. At least, not that I see any. Um, this is going to continue. So, last question, and then we'll we'll jump into the nitty gritty of it. But where do you see this going? Like, okay, they have these high level meetings right now. If Israel were to go to all out war or at least some pretty massive campaign, um, 
do you think that's going to draw other players in or is that going to be like the war you know what, what was that a couple years ago when we had that barrage of rockets and um you know israel everybody thought well israel is going to go to about a year actually a year ago okay so is that going to be another repeat of that is this something you think is constant or well so so what they do i think is they use palestinian islamic jihad and hamas and gaza as a sort of a distraction for Israel. Okay. The, the main problem is in the North. You talk to everybody, the main problem is in the North. And But the question is, and I think even Caroline Glick was talking about this this week on Gaffney and, and on, on our own podcast, was we've never really dealt with the Palestinian issue. We, yeah. we never dealt with Gaza. We sort of like, we gave them their own place and said, turn it into Singapore. And they turned it into a real hellhole there yeah. on, on the Mediterranean. Although they're very nice areas of Gaza. You, they have like shopping malls and that type of thing, but it's very poor, very densely populated. It's, it's not a great place, but they never dealt with it. I, when I was in Jerusalem, I didn't, I'm kicking myself because I, I, I just missed out on talking to two people. Like I was talking to somebody and I turned around and started talking to somebody else and the name of Mordecai Kadar came up and Mordecai Kadar is like this genius Islamic analyst, Jewish. And he just understands the Islamic mind yeah. better than just about anybody in Israel. And when the guy said, Oh, Mordecai Kadar says, Oh boy, I really, would hope to get to meet him because well, he was just standing five feet away from you for 20 minutes while you were talking to somebody else. <laughs> you didn't shut. If you just shut up once, you know, <laughs> that's what my wife would say. <laughs> you could, you might, you know, be, meet somebody, but he, he has ideas about how to deal with the Islamic issue and, and his idea of, of peace away, the way to get peace is to turn the, Palestinian Arab areas into sort of a um, United Arab Emirates. You know, wow. the United Arab Emirates is essentially seven tribes sure. that came together and they they sort of elect a leader. Uh, now it's the guy who's the head of uh, from Abu Dhabi, Mohammed, whatever his name is. Uh, he's the president of the United Arab Emirates. So. He says, well, we'll do that in the Palestinian areas because they're tribal. Yeah. Like you, you go down, I'm pretty sure if you went to Hebron and Jericho and you ask them about a boss, they, they would, they would just start off on a rant Yeah, because he's from a different tribe. I think he's from up near Nazareth and it's a different tribe. They're very, very tribal. And so it's very difficult for these Arab countries to manage in that culture. So Saudi Arabia has that. I mean, the Sauds are a tribe and they manage all the other tribes. So Qadar says, do that here. Daniel Pipes, who I saw at breakfast like three days in a row in, at the hotel in Jerusalem and a very good analyst, but his idea was, listen, Israel never won the wars that the way you win a war, the way you get peace from your enemy is you annihilate them. And that never happened. And until that happens, Israel's gonna be dealing with this problem. Mm. And so eventually they're gonna get there. So right now, Gaza's a distraction, 
but it needs to be dealt with. But I can tell you that having been to the fake uh, mock-up of Gaza, yeah, this this war will be it will cost a lot of Israeli treasures soldiers because it will be close in fighting in an urban environment in maybe the most densely populated place on the planet. Mm. That's, that's not a good uh, scenario. That, yeah. That's not a good logistical thing for the way this thing is going to work out. Um, but so is, I think Caroline Glick has used the term that every now and then we have this problem with Gaza. So we have to mow the lawn in Gaza. Exactly. You yep. know, that, you know, it, the problem grows a little bit. So we go in and we, we sort of deal with it, but we never really deal with the issue completely. That's true. It's so that's, uh, by the way, I just saw somebody in chat made something about ammonium nitrate. Yeah. And we talked about 60,000 pounds. Yep. Okay. So the bomb in Oklahoma city, and I was there uh, a few years ago and I, I drove past the memorial and I remember that day when that was bomb it that went one? Off. Uh, it was 4,800 pounds. So it was 40, 20, okay, 4,800 uh, four, pounds. Okay. 4,800 pounds. Okay. So about two and a half tons. Okay. So now they've lost 60,000 pounds of this. Yep. That's like over five or 12 times. That's 12 Oklahoma City bombs could yeah. be made out of that. Yeah. That's why I'm saying yesterday when I was with Tom, uh, let me get over to the both of us. Yesterday when I was with Tom, um, I don't know what happened to my camera. You can still hear me, right, John? Okay, there, I yep. came back. Okay, good. So when I was on with uh, Tom yesterday, I said, hey, you know what? What if all of a sudden they say, hey, we found 58,000 of the 60,000 or 56,000? I'd still be concerned because there's still that much missing. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, and you were right. I mean, I used to represent railroads in my career, so I know a little bit about their uh, monitoring. I mean, each, each, each rail car, each container that yeah. comes into the ports there in Los Angeles and Long Beach, you know, they'll, they'll have like a code that can be that they're scanned. I mean, yeah. and they were doing this, they were doing this like 30 years. Well, 30, 35 years ago, they were doing this. They, they knew where everything was at all times. Yeah. But um, that, um, so the fact that there might be the equivalent of half an Oklahoma or a full Oklahoma bomb of material floating around out there that they don't know where it is, that's concerning. And, and listen, boy, I said this on a YouTube podcast and did I ever get castigated? <laughs> we are at war with Russia, okay? Oh, yeah. And... And so there's, there's two ways to look at it. So we, we see the derail now the derailments seem to have cut back a little bit and the fires at uh, food processing plants and everything seem to have calmed down for a time, but you know, we, we've had attacks on the power grid in different places. Yep. And I said that I think, it could be Russia that's doing it. And boy, did I ever get cascaded by people. It's our own government doing to us. And okay. So like, maybe it is somebody's doing it. Yeah. Okay. There, there's too many things for it to be a coincidence, but, and then we look at what's going on in our Southern border with the military age men coming across. Yep. Yeah. Like I'm all the military age men. Yeah. It's like 85% of the 
um, immigrants. Remember back, I don't know how many years ago, six, seven years ago, when they had the problem in Europe, all the yep. Syrian refugees, yep. those were all military age Muslim men, like 85, 90% of them. Yeah. And we have the same thing going on. And now my understanding following guys like Michael Yan, who I highly recommend that you follow, uh, and uh, Ben Bergwam, who are down there at the Darien Gap and everything, it's a lot of Chinese military age guys coming yeah. through. Yeah, I read that. So I definitely read that for sure. We we have so, a we have a problem. Yeah, I mean, and we're not we're not dealing with it. And so now when sixty thousand pounds, thirty tons of ammonium nitrate goes missing, it's sort of like um it could be it could be our enemies that are doing it. It could be our own people doing it to us too, our own government. And we've seen the weaponization of various aspects of the uh the industrial the whatever it is, the the woke industrial complex in Washington, DC that have been weaponized against conservatives. I mean, it's yep. it's pretty appalling. And like I said, go read Gorsuch, and Gorsuch nailed it in six pages. Like I've never, we've never seen anything like this before. And he didn't have to say that. I mean, he really went out on a limb saying that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So anyway, so back, back to Israel. And so the Gaza thing, it, they can deal with it. They contain it. But when you talk to anybody over there, it's always been the Northern border. So there's a, there's a think tank called uh, Israeli, Institute for National Security Studies, INSS. I have like, I'll just click on it here. I have like under geopolitics and strategy, I have all of these bookmarks. I should probably post them someplace. You know, Middle East Institute, Middle East Policy Council, Memory, um, Assyrian Think Tank, Jerusalem Institute, uh, Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, and then the Israeli... or. Institute for National Security Studies, INSS. <coughs> and they're kind of, <coughs> they have sort of a center left orientation. So I, you know, you have to kind of put it through that filter. Yeah. But they publish a strategic, um, you can go to their website, INSS. Here, let me pull it up real quick on my, just so I can, it's, uh, inss.org.il inss.org.il and they analyze things like like right now the lead article on their website is deepening ties between russia and iran and if you scroll down the page a bit pablo you should find a like here they have a thing about the judicial revolution that's a big deal yeah, they have is. Saudi Arabia between Iran and Israel. They have an event coming up on May 28th that you can listen to. And a lot of these are put out in both Hebrew and English or with a translation. And then down here, uh, I'm not seeing it. They, they have a strategic summary that they, that they look, that they publish each year. Oh, here it is. Israel among the world's democracies. Uh, strategic public uh, strategic analysis of Israel. And they publish one of these each year. And so if you read these from the last few years, they're nice PDF slick publications. It will tell you like the big focus is on the Northern um, theater. 
that's where they with Hezbollah, because you know the rockets they have in Gaza aren't that big, but they have a lot of rockets in Lebanon and Syria under control of Hezbollah, and that could be somewhere between a hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand rockets. And for years, people in the prophecy community, I think I remember Chuck Missler talking about this a lot. They would have like two uh, two rockets per launcher. So that they have like a hundred thousand or fifty thousand launchers. Yeah. So they can just launch this incredible salvo. And that's going to cause a lot of problems. So when you see these videos being released, and so, so I think you know, Amir Safadi is spot on on this one. They have this these videos of the Hezbollah militias in training. And people say, well, they don't look like they're training that well. But again, that could be a deception that they're better trained than they are. And they've got a lot of experience from Iraq and Syria. Yeah. They've actually been, you know, that's really going to get you the train training under fire. And so what Hezbollah plans to do is they plan to, they have tunnels. And, you know, if you've been to Northern Israel, you know that it's like, it's all rock. So they've been drilling these tunnels and every now and then they uncover one. And it's like, it's like stories underground. It's got, you know, like air conditioning and uh, HVAC and all this other stuff. And it's also, they've got like some of them, it appears are designed to have like small vehicles to be able to go through the tunnels quickly yeah, and to bring a lot of people in. And the goal would be to come into the communities in the North. That's where, this Alma research, Alma Israel thing comes in so well, the, the work they do. They want to kidnap people, hold them hostage because Israel treats hostages yep. differently than other countries. And so in yeah. their goal, so they will overwhelm them with a rocket barrage. Uh, and, and now there's these, like, I believe a recent uh, Alma all my research papers showed that there was um, like an underground, you know, Iran is big on doing underground uh, bases. And um, I believe Alma had a report on an underground Hezbollah drone base or that they had a lot of drones. Uh, and so all of these things will be to, um, and they they work underground. I mean, yeah, they do. Uh, Nasrallah, they, the head of Hezbollah, hardly ever puts his head up above the surface because he's afraid it'll get blown off. But they've had these recent meetings, <coughs> you know, with with high level guys from Iran. Iran funds Hezbollah. Uh, I read a Al Akbar newspaper. It's a pain because I have to translate everything, but it's it's published in <laughs> Lebanon, and you. You can get it, you can download it. It's a pretty slick publication. And you kind of get an you know, understand it's being written from Hezbollah's perspective. Sure. But um, so here is um so here's an Alma research article. It's uh Israel-Alma.org, if you want to read these current updates down the page. Hezbollah, the military maneuver in which high-quality weapons will be presented is another propaganda maneuver that promotes the unification of the arena's narrative. 
And so they've had this military parade. They're showing off these weapons. Uh, you have, like, there's this picture on the front page of the Tehran Times last week, Harbingers of the New World Order. Now now your video is going to get tagged <laughs> with a thing about... That's right, the with, New World uh, Order. Wikipedia thing about yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm not saying it, okay? I'm telling you what Russia says. I'm telling you what Iran yep. says. I'm telling you what the World Economic Forum says. All these people. And so the Harbingers, it's a, it's a great graphic. It's a chessboard and it's on, it's on the world and there's like kings all over. So you have the EU king is laying on its side. On oh your, yeah, that's right. You share, you shared that on your prophecy update, right? That's right. Are you and not then, able to share that screen? Well, I guess I could, uh, I guess I could find it. Uh, there, uh, no, I mean, there should be, uh, there should be an option there for you to be able to just share yeah. your screen. If you want, just throw uh, that up. Yeah. Let me just uh, see if I can. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get started. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Then we'll get, then we'll get into the substance of what we, yeah, we we'll get in there. Yeah, this I saw that just, when you, uh, you you did that on your update, and I thought that was really really good because it's uh, the U.S. looked cornered, at least. Yeah, and that, and that was and the big kings in the middle are, uh, hey, you know, and I always say is uh, they make up good graphics, so you don't have to. That's right. I'm glad for uh, that. Good for them. And I'm so sure here it is. Uh, hang on a second; it's opening up here, and then I'll click on share screen. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, well, it downloaded it, so now I got to open it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, I oh, if you want to send me the link, I could put it up here too. Here it is. Um, let's see. Now I got to figure out how to. Where's my thing to? There you go. You can send sure the link screen. there, and I'll I'll put it up here if you want. Um, See, this is what happens, folks, when you're a, when we're one man bands, right? Right, John. Just gotta bear yep. with us. All right, there you there go. There you go. So, yeah, there. Let me let me put that up and. Uh, the harbinger of the new world order. And so that. you can see you you can see the chess pieces. Great Photoshop job. I've done this, and it, it takes a while to figure out how to do this. So you got the EU people laying on its side, and then you've got China, Russia, and Iran, and they've got the U.S. cornered. Yep. So it's it's interesting that we're like that, and we're not. They haven't made us a queen yet, but we seem to be wanting to do that uh, with all this uh, woke nonsense. So that's. Um, you know, that's, that's, uh, I gotta so put this they're talking about the harbinger of the new world order. And the article goes down and says, listen, things are shifting from West to East. And this is something that we see. And I think this is something that we should have expected in Bible prophecy. But so back to this Northern theater, uh, that Alma and INSS and Amir Vivi and all these other people talk about, they've been concerned about this for some time. Uh, I'm going to turn off the stop sharing. There. Go for it. And about five or six years ago, I think it was 2017, uh, they have all these, it's amazing. Like we live in this world where 
there's all these think tanks, yeah. you know, and they, they publish these publications and these PDFs and the world economic forum and that big circular thing that everything is hyperlinked in. But, uh, this has been a concern for a long time as to what's going to happen. So Herzliya, there's a Herzliya conference. Uh, it's with one of the universities. It's a security conference. And they just had their, I believe they just had their conference last week, Herzliya. About six years ago, the head of the Israeli Air Force, I can't remember his name right offhand, he came and he spoke and it's something you can go back and you can find it. I played it in my updates a few times. He spoke about the problem of Lebanon and he went back to the 2006 war, second Lebanon war in 2006. And he said, listen, um, they, um, um, let's see, let me get my train of thought here we had 37 days of a war with Lebanon and Hezbollah, essentially. He said, listen, we are prepared. This was six years ago. We are prepared for the next one. And what took us 37 days to accomplish, the next one will be shock and awe like you have never seen before. Now, wow. what does that mean? Does that yeah. mean they might use a tactical nuke or something? Right. I don't know. I, I can just say is when it happens, everything's going to, everything's going to break loose. It's yeah. just going to be the Northern theater because you got, you're going to have people, I, I, they're going to make incursions. They're going to kidnap people. Uh, there's going to be rockets flying. There will be, I think it's safe to say thousands of Israeli casualties, there will be a question as to whether they can get the reserve, the reserves called up quick enough to get there. It's, it's, it's going to be a very difficult time. And I think Amir in his update was saying this, that we don't like this. We think this is what's going to happen and we have to be prepared for it, but it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. So whatever, you know, Tom Hughes experienced down in Gaza as he saw some rockets flying, you know, th those were a few hundred rockets. We're talking maybe 200,000. It will overwhelm the Iron Dome systems. Yep. They won't be able to keep up with it. It's going to be, but Israel will say, listen, we don't have any choice. Okay, you, you've backed us into a corner and this is going to be shock and awe like you've never seen. And we will do in 24 to 72 hours what it took us 37 days to do in 2006. And we'll do more. And the and the way they talk about it is the world will be stunned. But then the question is, what what's the what flows out of that? I mean, does Iran come in? You see, for a long time, Iran and Israel, there's sort of like this little dance. You know, they they take out some Iranian guys here. They take out a base here. They close down Damascus airport for a while. Then it gets repaired and they start flying things in again. <clears throat> you know, things blow up in Israel or in Iran. Uh, things catch on fire. Usually it's a baby formula factory and it's a sewer gas backed up and exploded or something like that. That's what the Iranians say. 
I'm just saying is this it's going to be it's it's going to be Bible prophecy related and it's going to be incredible to watch I think yeah when it really cuts loose so and and if you on the Tehran Times I'm looking at the headline here Iran to host international conference on the new world order and they did they they had a conference on that last week and so what Russia Iran China are trying to do and these company countries called the BRICS companies. Yeah, the BRICS. Yep. Brazil, Russia, India, China, China. Yeah. And now they're trying to bring in, uh, and through the Chinese, um, Shanghai cooperative cooperation organization, the SCO, they're bringing in a lot of these countries. They're, they're bringing in Turkey. They're bringing in the central Asian stand Islamic republics, uh, into that. And they're, they're trying to undermine the U S as the reserve currency, the U S dollars, the sure reserve currency in the world. Yep. And the question is how quickly will that happen? Okay. And then you layer on top of that, the push for, you know, central bank, digital currencies and that type of thing and not CBDCs being introduced, but the infrastructure being introduced. So the fed now that you see, which is a payment system. Yep. Instant uh, payment the, system. Yeah, the uh, Bank for International Settlements, the central bank of central banks talking about one of the things they have that they're rolling out is this thing called icebreaker. Uh, that That's sort of like the the payment, the, the tra electronic transfer protocols are being put in place to bring in the central bank digital currencies. So the central bank digital currencies aren't rolled out yet, but the base infrastructure is being put in place so that they can be rolled out fairly quickly. Yeah, you know, I was reading yesterday about FedNow, and it was interesting that they said that FedNow uh, would be a way to even circumvent a central bank digital currency. Uh, I'm not sure because the, the central bank digital currency will be the currency in which you will conduct your business. So, yeah, I suppose it could be for a time it will be like that, but I just don't think that... Um, I it, eventually it comes. I don't know how quickly. Sure, sure. So uh, tell you what, listen. Why don't we jump into um? Let's jump into the the AI and you've all know Harari because he actually did talk a bit about money and paper money in that. I got a quote from there, and I think what I'm going to end up doing is I'll put a timestamp on the video so. Whoever, you know, I'll put down there, whoever wants to go to this specific timestamp, they can come here or watch the beginning too. But uh, both are equally um, as important and amazing. So let me get on over here. And uh, I did put a link below. Let me jump over here to the two of us. I put a link below. I don't know why my camera likes to do that. It freezes and then it just kind of comes back and does its thing. But anyways... Everything we're going to talk about is linked below, especially Yuval Noah Harari's talk um, at Frontier. So um, the one thing that he said, and I'm going to open up with this quote is that I found really interesting. Then I'll, I'll let loose. I'll read a bunch of quotes and then get your take on it. He said, quote, even the developers of these tools don't know the full capabilities of what they've created, and they are themselves often surprised by emergent ability as Reuters writes, the move signifies a fundamental shift. NATO had seen... Oh, wait. No, 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 no. That's not it. That was different. 
Surprise emergent abilities. Um, and then he goes, the ability to develop deep and intimate relationships with human beings. Remember, he talks about this, the fact right. that AI now has the capability of not only um, developing these deep and intimate relationships with human beings, but also the ability to make them, have them make these decisions on the spot. And one of the examples he used was that developer from Google who wanted to protect the AI. And he, you know, according to Harari, he was willing to risk his job, his lucrative job at Google as a means to protect the AI. I don't know if you remember him talking about that. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. He thought it was becoming sentient. Sentient. Yeah. And so he goes on to talk about the fact that, and I found this really, really interesting. This is a long quote, and then I'm going to turn it over to you because he boils it down to language. And this is what Harari says, quote, when we take all of these abilities together as a package, they boil down to one very, very big thing, the ability to manipulate and generate language, whether, the, whether with words or images or sounds, the most important aspect of the current phase it, uh, of the ongoing AI revolution is, the, is that AI is gaining mastery of language at a level that surpasses the average human ability. And by gaining mastery of language, AI is seizing the master key, unlocking the doors of all our institutions from banks to temples, because language is the tool that we use to give instructions to our bank and also to inspire heavenly visions in our minds. Another way to think of it is that AI has just hacked the operating system of human civilization. The operating system of every human culture in history has always been language in the beginning. This is what the quote you said was, in the beginning was the word. We use language to create mythology and laws to create gods and money to create art and science to create friendships. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, this is uh, themes that he's used for a long time. Um, I mean, I, the first time I ran into him was probably five or six years ago at the World Economic Forum. And then the, I think the title of his talk that time was, Will the Future Be Human? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that talk. And, yep. And he was talking about that. And, and, and then as I unpacked him, listen, this guy, uh, he's, he's not shy. He, he certainly will share his thoughts with just about everybody in the world, uh, anywhere, anytime. So I, I dug out an old video of his, I, one of my talks in Canada was about some of these things leading up to the return of Christ, uh, as we get, closer. And I'll probably talk about this in Scotland as well, just because it's, I've done so much research on it, but Harari went to Google headquarters in 2015. And he said, Oh, it's good to see my friend here. And I love coming to Silicon Valley. And I probably won't get the quote exact, but he says, because it is here that the religions that will control humanity in the 21st century are being created. Yeah. Now, this is a guy who's a atheist, but he uses biblical imagery all the time. Yep. In the beginning was the word. Last year, he did an interview. I know I've played it in my update where he said 
listen, we, we're coming up on this period of time where it may not be safe for people. And so the elites may have Noah's Ark is a myth, but we need to create our Noah's Ark to save yep. the elites and humanity. He said this. Yep. So now when the, when they started, they rolled out chat, not chat GPT for this. So they, I was in Israel, they rolled out chat GPT yep. for so the first four. Yeah. Yeah. That was in the end of November it was really the fourth iteration of it, but it was the first really available to the public large language thing. And I, and I remember I, it was, it was, I was in Jerusalem at the media summit where they had a guy, Jonathan Medvad, who's a promoter, business guy, wealthy guy in Israel. Uh, and he was saying, you got guys got to check this out. It's got like over a million downloads in the last week since it came out. I had not heard about it. And then, you know, now it hit, it's hit even more. And then they came out with GPT four. Yeah. Now they're talking about GPT five and they're talking about all these other ones. And I just sent you a link of something that just came out in the last few hours, some kind of uh, conference that's taking place. Um, I wanted to Aurora. Yeah. 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 Aurora. Right Jen, there. I'll put that up. Uh, uh, from um, Intel WCCF Tech, yeah, yep. Intel announces Aurora Gen AI generative AI model with one trillion parameters. <coughs> and the thing, and Harari talked about this in that talk, the future of humanity, uh, that I that we had both listened to. I think he just gave it the other day, and 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 he's talking about the fact that this is coming so quickly. Yep. And, it's surprising even the people that are running it. And he said, we need, we can't stop it. The research is going to go, but we need to sort of maybe not make it so available to the public. Well, that doesn't solve anything really because it's an arms race. Now it's, it's a, it's, it's on the order of the nuclear arms race that we lived through from the 1940s through the cold war and now this rearing its ugly head we're talking about everybody buying iodine tablets we're giving satellite phones to half of the senators because is something going to happen and we have a country threatening us with nuclear attack yeah um and and look when targets doing this to kids maybe we deserve it you you know you understand it's it's it kind of you can't break it out so, um, yeah, I, so one thing, let, let me show this thing this is going quick. so quickly. Go ahead. No, no, no. All I want to do is just show this because I, I think it's really interesting of what it says right here. Um, let me zoom in the two exaflops Aurora supercomputer is a beast of a machine and the system will be used to power the Aurora gen AI model. That's crazy. That's pretty insane. Yeah. That is a big, massive computer. Well, in Harari's talk, I think at the 2015, 2000, 2018 World Economic Forum, Will the Future Be Human? It had this imagery and they were using pictures of what looked like Jesus, just sort of like stylized pictures of Jesus in the background. But then they had this like, and I don't know if they called it the beast or not, but it was this supercomputer in China. Well, that was, that was five years ago. 
and what are they doing now? And what are they doing that we don't know about? That's the problem. Mm -hmm. So where I live, you know, I, I mentioned this all the time because it creeps me out. Drive out here 15, 20 minutes from my house. There's like Amazon server farms. There's Facebook server farms, six buildings, each of which is as long as the Empire State Building is tall, like laying on their side in a field. And across and Facebook has spent like $2 billion uh, building things. And one of those buildings is dedicated to AI. It's not open yet, but that's what they've said when they were building it. Across the road, Google's spending $4 billion building, four to $6 billion building buildings. Intel's building the biggest chip plant in the world, uh, the other direction. And then Google and I don't know, somebody else are talking about down at Lancaster, Ohio, about 30 miles away, building even more server farms down there. Yeah. Uh, we're on a main internet uh, high, you know, like big parts of the internet super highway kind of go right through downtown Columbus. And I, they've got these buildings, you know, with like eight foot concrete walls and that type of thing where these things interconnect. But so I, I don't know if that's what's attracting it to here. They're calling it the Silicon Heartland. It's, um, and I mean, they're doing this stuff in Indianapolis. They got them in Dallas. They got them in Atlanta. And Google has all these things. So I would highly recommend people, recommend people go to 60 Minutes and go back to the thing that they did in early, I think it was in April. It was about a month ago. And they were talking about how this stuff is developing and they interviewed i think they interviewed sam altman they interviewed the guy from from google and he was sort of like well yeah you know it, it's doing things that we're not sure how it's doing this yeah well what do you mean <laughs> what do you mean um you don't know what's doing well are you putting brakes on it well you know we think we could turn we can flip the switch it's, yeah, it's out of the bag. It's yep. not, it, there's no going back. You know, Google's doing it. Microsoft is doing it. Now I see Intel is doing it. Everybody's doing it and nobody's stopping because it would be uh, financial suicide for them. They'd get sued by their shareholders for not yeah. moving forward. So one of the things, this is where I think it gets really scary and kind of weird is that there's a three-dimensional structure to biological proteins, organic proteins. Mm -hmm. And to understand how they work and how they can be altered and changed through pharmaceuticals or treatments and that type of thing, they got to get down to the 3D structure. So until just a couple months ago, it was well accepted that to unlock the three-dimensional structure of one protein would take a PhD scientist five years working full-time just to get one. So they worked on it for a couple years and they figured out, Hey, you know, we can, we've got, we now we can do it quickly. So after that two year thing, they did it in, in a matter of days all 200 million. So a billion years of PhD scientist time was reduced literally to seconds. But that's 
organic proteins. They're going to, yeah. they're going to do that to DNA. They're going to do that to gene structures and that type of thing. And now you kind of come back full circle to treatments for Charlie vector 019er. And what are they going to do with this? And now we live in this thing where, and so uh, Eliezer Yudkowsky, who I played a clip of, he wants to go forward, but he's right now, he says, we need to bomb the uh, server farms that if people aren't going to not go any further. Well, nobody's not going to do that and nobody's going to bomb anything. But Yukowski and other people, I mean, I think even Harari in that recent talk, he said, uh, this could end humanity. Yeah. Or change it radically into the future. Mm -hmm. Yep, he does. He says that towards the end. So, So the question is, you know, I can pretty much have been around the Bible prophecy community for a while now. I'm getting old. And, um, <laughs> the, uh, but you know, the thing that kind of annoys me is I still have, you know, if I took my hat off, you could say I still have a little bit of hair up there and I have to pay full <laughs> price for a haircut. So I, I keep telling my wife, I'm going to go Pablo's way. Yeah. Man. I'm just going to just go. get the, just shave it down. She's like, don't you dare do that. Cause she, <laughs> You know, it's one of those things that's sort of like what you look like and how your wife sees you. You know, she's, <laughs> she sees this full head of hair or something like that. That's great. But we never talked about this. We, I mean, I think Chuck Missler and some others were sort of talking about AI and technology and computers and that type of thing. But you know, it'd be interesting to have a conversation with somebody like Chuck right now. Yeah. And where, what he thought is going on. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it's gone way beyond a lot of things. So the question is what, what's going to happen before we all get out of here? And the answer is, well, at least all of this. <laughs> right yeah, now. for sure. For sure. Cause we're in, and what's it going to be like in, four months, five months, six months. What, what happens if there's a nuclear strike someplace? What happens if Israel and everybody gets into it? Um, I, I think sort of to short circuit this a little bit. And I, I always sort of hesitate about recommending someone because then you get like, well, you know, he's got this problem. It's like, okay, so take in mind, I don't think the guy saved. I think he has good insight. Glenn Beck did a show about a week ago, Saturday. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the guy. I'd have to find it on my, while I'm talking to you, I'll try to find it on my podcast list. Sure. Uh, it was. Um, Let me see. Cause was it in regards to AI? Yeah, it was on a Saturday and he had on a guy who's, um, I might, I might have it here too. Um, is he the guy, is this the, uh, the clip where, uh, Glenn Beck and folks, listen, I'm sorry. My audio is low. It's loud here, at least in my yeah, headphones. He's coming fine through to me too. Yeah. I'm not You're sure what's fine. going on. Um, but everything here is looking good. It's got, I would imagine it's gotta be something between here and YouTube or their servers. I'm not sure, but Thanks for being patient. I know you guys have to toggle with the volume switch with me because John's coming in good. 
I'll try to look into it uh, a little bit more. I did contact the tech support uh, of this new this new platform I'm using. Um, so I'll get it fixed eventually. Thank you for keep uh, keeping me in your prayers in regards to that too. Um, let me see if I could find it uh, because I, I do vaguely remember watching. Is this the guy that talked about, um, well, is this one Glenn Beck mentioned um, theory of mind? Yeah, I think so. It, he It played on the Saturday podcast, but he did it on his YouTube video thing like on Wednesday or Thursday night that week. And it was about two weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe it was three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, and I have it guy, here somewhere. The, and the guy who talked had also done a, a, a talk on, um, it, he and another guy did a talk on March 9th. I remember the date. I, I probably have it, the video here someplace. So while we're talking a bit, so this guy has been involved with a long time and, and he made a very good point in that what we're going through is the second generation of AI. The first generation of AI was the social media stuff. And yeah. how did that work out, by the way? Did that cause any division in society or anything like that? And the answer is it caused a lot. Uh, and so if you can get that um, video from that, uh, maybe I, I have it. I have a list of videos that I've downloaded. Yeah, so and I'm, I'm looking through. Here. I'm looking through my feed here to try and find it to see if that's the right one. I have a slew of them. Um, yeah, if I find it, I'll I'll post it up there. And that's. I'll be honest. But, on while you're looking for that, I'm just gonna go ahead and say a couple things about what Harari mentioned. I think he got one thing right. Well, partly right is he can he. He called it alien intelligence constantly, alien intelligence. And the thing that he yep. doesn't realize, unbeknownst to him, is that the influence behind all of this, in my opinion, is demonic. Obviously, there's a demonic push for all of this because, um, and also those that design these algorithms. Um, but What's crazy, and now that you brought that up, is the fact that uh, Harari opens up the video, and again, it's linked below. You guys could watch it. I would encourage you to watch it. Uh, Harari says that it is neither sentient or adept, meaning adept of being able to do or perform the same tasks that humans do, even if it's in robot form, such as uh, doing tasks at home, walking or going to the forest. These are things that AI has not been able to do. But the video that you just mentioned of Glenn Beck and that gentleman he interviewed um, talked about how um, developers had not realized that AI has reached a point, and I've mentioned this before a couple times at least, theory of mind. I'll be talking more about this with Pastor Brandon in a couple weeks but they were surprised that it started out as like a one-year-old, two-year-old. And I think they said that it's all the way up to a nine or ten-year-old. Ten and the concern is that when it hits what we call the teenage years of theory of mind is those are usually the years where teens, they will, uh, they'll rebel. And so the question is, will this rebel? Will it go against? And, and Harari says something here that I found really interesting. Let me see if I even wrote the quote down. Here it is. This is what Harari closes the talk with. He says, um, 
Uh, we now have to grapple with a new weapon of mass destruction that can annihilate our mental and social world. And one big difference between nukes and AI, and AI is that nukes cannot produce more powerful nukes. AI can produce more powerful AI, so we need to act quickly before AI gets out of our own control. That's how he closed his talk. Yeah. The guy's name, by the way, was Tristan Harris. Yep. Um, and he's been involved in the AI thing, and, and he's the one who did a talk on artificial intelligence sort of like the history of it and where we are excellent hour long thing march 9th of this year with somebody else i can't remember who he did it with but just look up tristan harris t-r-i-s-t-a-n harris artificial intelligence march 9 in a youtube search and you should be able to come up with it and then uh his 10 days ago is when beck did a interview with him that was a little over an hour long and it said why experts are suddenly freaking out about AI. And, and he's got a couple of other things on his YouTube channel. Um, you know, uh, this is going to happen. He makes a prediction about it. And then he did one just a few days ago called the end of humanity. I mean, this is, this is really serious stuff that we're talking about. I mean, yeah. I don't want to make light of it. It's, it's really hard to get your head around it. And Tom Hughes made a very interesting comment last night. You asked him about, well, are people in Israel talking about Harari? And he said, I don't even think most of the people have a clue as to what he is. And I think the people who are really freaked out about this are the people who are looking at it and people who are looking at end times Bible prophecy, because yep. it it is scary stuff. I mean, I'm look, I know where I'm going when I die. I'm not I'm not worried about that, you know, but I see a lot of people, humanity out here that's not got that assurance. And so I, I do have a heart and a humanity and I'm concerned about them. You have guys like, um, his name is uh, Jeffrey, um, ah, what's that guy's name? It's like uh, Jeff Hinton, who is oh, yeah, considered- Jeff, That's the doctor, the, the godfather of AI. Godfather of AI. And he just says- yep. You know, there's a zero to hundred percent chance that this will end humanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> and he says it's existential threat. Um, and and he's right; it really is. We I don't think we know, and a lot of people are very dismissive of it. So I I don't want to put them in the scoffers category, but I think it's pretty serious. Concerned about it. Yet even a lot of the ones who want to be or who, who are concerned about it and want it stopped still want to move forward with it. That's yeah. kind of interesting too. Yeah. Yep. And so. and you know what? There uh another thing that and we can just keep going on and on about this, which <laughs> no no joke. Um just today, and I, I think I mentioned uh this to you. I'm gonna go over to the um the article. Let me see if I could get there. They released, um, so we know that we uh, Google released. They did a talk on what they call Google's Gemini, so that's kind of their their answer to um, to Chat GPT. What's crazy is I want to I want to bring this article up here, um, 
and just the title itself. So we're now we're getting into the arena of godlike status. And what I mean by that is when we're starting to talk about how AI, in this case, here's how AI is being used to unlock secrets still hidden in the human brain. And I read another article a handful of days ago how they're, they're, they have AI now that they're trying to get to read your thoughts. The other thing that I found interesting and again, these are articles that uh, Ron had sent me, and I want to give credit where credit is due, is um, I found this interesting. Check this out. New AI tech will mimic speaking to dead family and friends. I'd read about this a while back, and now this has come back uh, yeah. again as far as I know. And so we're talking about necromancy, right? Talking to the dead. The Lord forbade that in the Old Testament. King Saul... Um, you know, he went against the Lord when the Lord wasn't answering him. He went to the witch at Endor. And so we're getting to a point where uh, this thing is growing so rapidly, so quickly, that um, it's it's seriously, you don't know which way to go. I could, I could show you here, and I don't want to play the video, but, and I, I don't know if I actually... Um, I'd have to let me pause this and then skip the ad because there's ads on everything now. And this is real time. That's the way I like to run the podcasts. But this is it. And uh, you guys could watch the video. This is the introduction to what Google's answer to chat GPT is. It's called Gemini. And on top of this, they've also come out with um, this new form of AI artwork, and I use a lot of uh, AI artwork when I do my thumbnails just because it saves me time, but they have a new one. It's called Dragon, uh, and, and the reason why I'm sharing this with, with you is because of the how quick this is happening. This is another video, um, and this is called Dragon, Dragon, right down there, and it's insane when you watch what this can do, how it can manipulate artwork. Let me see if I could fast forward to the things that it could do. Check this out. Look at some of the stuff that this could actually do in real time. You just give it the command. It can animate images to make it look real. Um, the way this is just showing you how it works with, with points, it, it, uh, it plots points in the artwork, but it will take a still image and it will animate it. Look at that. It's it's crazy. And this is just That's, scratching at the surface. It's hard to keep up with this because I, I'm i looking at, I, I use a program called Camtasia to do some video editing and that type of thing. And it comes from a company called TechSmith. And, you know, they have like a screen capture program. And then, but I'm getting these emails today like, oh, we have AI, we're incorporating AI into Camtasia. Photoshop, you know, which I use to some extent, we're, incorpor we're incorporating AI into Photoshop. Everybody's doing it. It's the genie's out of the bottle. Yep. And um, so I guess I need to step up my graphics games. So, so somebody needs to do a good um, – AI generated timeline of the end times that, cause I've, you know, I've got some ideas that I've tried to put together. I've spent hours and hours trying to figure out how to, to sort of depict how I think the, the, the seals unfold that they sort of increase to a, a 
from when they open to a point at the end where the, the, the full effect of them is not, it kind of converges at the end. Yeah. But, um, and I think I've done a pretty good job on that, but I, I, I don't, I think I used it up in Canada in my talk for the first time. Uh, one of my talks, I think it was the first one I did up there, but it's hard to keep up with all this yeah. stuff. I mean, I don't even have time. I put that disclaimer kind of as, as a joke that, you know, no, no generative artificial intelligence <laughs> yeah. was used in the preparation. Well, then when 60 minutes did their thing on AI at the end, Scott Pelley goes, uh, we need to do this. We need to do this disclaimer. Everything that was in this report was generated by a human, you know? Yeah. So it's like, he's still, my stuff. <laughs> uh, well, actually, Har yeah, Harari said that. That's what Harari said in the video too. Uh, at the yeah, end, well, they had an AI hearing last week in in the Senate, and uh, I think it was Sheldon Whitehouse, the guy from Connecticut, who's yeah. the chair of the committee. He, he played his voice, okay, talking about AI. He goes, "I never did that. I, I." it took my audio and I generated something from chat GPT for my introductory remarks. It was all AI generated. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounded like him. I mean, and, and so what's going to, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be around for this next election. I know. And you know what? Harari actually does mention that. Uh, I think one of the quotes in here is about the the dangers about uh, the upcoming elections. And I think early on he talks about that is uh, and also in regards to money, he said bank quote, this is what he said, banknotes are just worthless pieces of paper. And at present, more than 90% of the money in the world is not even banknotes. It's just electronic information and computers passing from here to there. What gives money any kind of value is only the stories that people like bankers and finance ministers and cryptocurrency gurus tell us about money. This is all alien intelligence. And he does and talk his, about it, the influence of yeah. AI in the coming elections. And and his talk is sort of builds on the article that he had published in the I think it was the lead article in The Economist about a week ago. Yeah. In which he said AI is going to create its own religion or religions. Yeah. Yep, he sure did. Yeah. And so he talked about that, you know, eight years ago when he went to Google headquarters, that this is where the religions that will control humanity in the 21st century are being created. Yep. That was in some respects, he he is prophetic. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, false prophetic, maybe. Of course, but... of course. The you know the other thing that, um, as fast as this is going, the advent of AI. And to be honest with you, think about it, John. Uh, what was it? November. Uh, Chat GPT came out November, and then November thirtieth. Okay, so what are we looking at? Uh, November to now, what we're, seven? We're not even six. We're not six months into it. Okay. Not even six months into it, and it's like the curve just went straight up. <coughs> yeah, Ron. Ron sent me this. I'm not going to play all the videos here. Uh, obviously, I'm not. We don't have time for it. But what I find really interesting is, and I got to skip this ad, so just bear with me. These are plugins for 
chat GPT. And one of the plugins that I found really interesting, let me see if I could just get to it, is if you want to learn, um, let me see if I could find it. It will actually teach you school, um, physics and engineering. And it goes through here. Again, I did, that's what it's called. Here it is. Um, let me see if I can go here. There we go. Okay, so I'm just, I don't want to play the sound. These are all different plugins that you could add to ChatGPT. Could access time real data, answer complex math problem, fetches the weather. But check this next one out too. It's called edX. And if you want to know stuff about physics, like right here, what's the leading physics course in top university? It will teach you. So you don't technically have to go. That's the that's one of the plugins there. This is how fast these large language models are learning. The other thing is that um, what what Gemini, and again, if you guys go and watch this video on Gemini, listen to what he talks about when he says the difference between large language models, which is strictly dealing with text, and what Gemini now is, and I'm sure all of these chat GPT-5 will be, it's called multimodal, which means they not only can deal with text, but now they can actually deal with images as well. So it's it's becoming this, uh, it's going from one compartment of text to a, a multi-segment or, you know, multi-segmented uh, large learning model called multimodal. And that's important to remember because that's crazy. So these things are just shooting up. The, the, the learning curve on this is insane. And uh, if you guys haven't watched any videos, John, you mentioned uh, the godfather of AI, Dr. Jeffrey Hinton. I would encourage you guys to go watch what he's got to say. This is a guy who had uh, 10 years at least at Google helping them develop yeah. AI. And just recently he left Google and uh, he's, you know, he's going around telling people the dangers and he actually regrets a lot of the work he did. I don't know if you've read about that, John. Yeah, I've I've been listening to him. You know, he's, uh, you know, maybe he's getting ready to meet God, so he's sort of repenting of everything. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows? But you know, this is there's there's a lot. I mean, we really could go on and on and on about this, and I I don't know if we probably should try to uh, wrap take it up. questions. I, yeah, let's let's I, wrap I, it I up. Could really, yeah, maybe we take a few questions, but I could really go for a. AI printed, uh, 3D printed, uh, double double from in and out about now. I have, <laughs> when AI does that, then I'm I'm all on board with it. Oh man, I would. You know what? I'd be on board too. Can you imagine buying a 3D printer that prints in and out burgers, double double, or a oh, three by man. three, or a four by four? Four by four, yeah. Oh man, those that are would the best. be that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll take a few questions, and then uh, I want to turn it over to you. I, wa I want you to share the gospel, which is the most important thing of the entire podcast. It is the hope that you and I have, and so many of our family members watching, uh, the hope of Jesus Christ. So we'll take questions, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, John, to close this out. But uh, So question number one, I'll put it up here for you to see. Uh, let me go ahead and, and uh, bring this down. Okay. And you know what I'm going to do? Give me a second here. That way you could see the question much better. So let me go ahead and put the question here. There you go. So it says, question, 
Do you think ChatGPT and AI will control the upcoming election in a negative way? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I have no idea how. I just, listen, there's a, uh, when I was at Green Bay last week with David Fiorazzo at Stand Up For The Truth, uh, and I used it on Sunday, a graphic. Uh, I won't pull it up now. The censorship industrial complex. Just go to Google, type in censorship industrial complex, click on images, and you can see all of these organizations that are trying to censor things using artificial intelligence and analytical tools. And when you drill down into almost any one of those organizations that are identified, and there's probably 50 of them on that, that image, they're all against conservatives. Yeah. So what do you think, what do you think is going to be done? I mean, oh, I don't know who was, it probably was, I was listening, I think with Glenn Beck while I was playing golf this morning and he was talking about who's really running things in this country. And he brought up uh, the big O. And that's why I call it the Obama administration and the NGOs. Yep. And those, a lot of those NGOs got funded with billions of dollars from the financial settlements. The money was laundered to go to these people and they're working against us on many, many levels. I mean, this is very diabolical and yeah. it's, it, it can be rather depressing when you really start drilling down into it. So yeah, I do think that there will be uh, negative effects of this election. Uh, to what extent, I, I don't know. Unless we went back to paper ballots everywhere, I, I think we've got a problem. Yeah, I agree 100%. Listen, I love what David Hawking, Dr. David Hawking said in a talk a long time ago. Actually, not that long ago, 95. But he said, you know, people think something along these lines. Why is it that evil people are getting away with these things? And he said, listen, nobody's going to get away with anything. The day will come when everybody will have to give an account and nobody's going to get away with anything. The Lord sees it all. I've read this before, but it is one of my favorite Psalms. And most of you know it again. I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record, but the word of God never gets old. Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. And I love this verse. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh and the Lord shall hold them in derision. And they're not, nobody's going to get away with any of this. Nothing, period. And so that should be a comfort to us. Um, let me go over here and throw this up there for you, John. It says, question, do we really feel like Israel is dwelling in peace? As in Ezekiel 38, would the U.S. feel like we were in peace if we had 1,280 rockets in one week, like last week? That was from Good Breakfast. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it's a good question. But then if you go there you know, 99.99% is pretty normal, you know? So yeah. I, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of these questions that we have uh, will be questions that we'll look back in hindsight. I mean, I, I, uh, I preached on uh, Pentecost 
just sort of an introduction to Pentecost, not the sermon. And, you know, they, it was it was very interesting because in that sermon, Peter said, this is that which was prophesied. This is the fulfillment of that which was prophesied. And so when you kind of look back when those things are relayed in Scripture, it's sort of like, but was anybody really looking for it to work out that way, you know? Or did it, was it something that we knew looking back in hindsight? You know, like, behold, a virgin shall conceive. I've raised this many times. Were they looking, checking out all the virgins in Israel to see if any were having a baby when Jesus came the first time? I don't think they were. Right. But then, you know, they say, but this is that which was prophesied. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. So I'll tell you what, probably the, this would be a good time to go off in the, um, and just say, listen, folks, this is not, if you're not saved, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, if you've never got to the point where you realize that he is the only way of salvation. Um, you, you cannot delay in making that decision because we, we do not know what's going to happen in the next 24, 48, 72 hours a week, six months. I mean, it's happening quickly. And, uh, is what's the old saying today is the day of salvation. So if you've yep. never accepted the Lord as your savior, realize that you're a sinner and you want to have a relationship with God. The only way that you get there is through belief in Jesus Christ, that he is the one who died for your sins, was buried, rose again, ascended and is coming back. And, uh, you need to, you need to make that decision now. Amen. Amen. Do you want to close this in prayer? I'll pray and we'll let everybody go get their in and out if they live close enough to one. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, thanks so much uh, for Pablo and his ministry. We just, Lord, pray that you'll continue to bless it. We pray that you'll uh, give us wisdom. Uh, help us to be encouraged, though, that uh, these are the days that you predicted. And just like in the first coming of Jesus, Jesus said that the people, it said it to his disciples, the people, people long to see the day that you're living in. And we should consider ourselves blessed that we're living in the days that a lot of people have looked forward to because they point to the return of the Lord. Just pray that you'll encourage us at this time, help us to stand firm in the faith, share the gospel and uh, be an encouragement to others around us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Listen, uh, we, we, we covered a lot of ground, and there was still a whole lot to cover. John, thanks so much for coming on. It's been way too long. you got to come back on sooner. So, Let's do it again. Yeah, we'll work, we'll work that out. Ladies and gentlemen, family, uh, flight crew, listen, as I always say, I hope you guys were blessed, encouraged, and challenged. Get into the Word of God. Get the Word of God into you. Um, and remember, keep looking up. All right, family, until the next time, uh, Lord bless you guys. Uh, John, just sit tight, and uh, we'll chat after. Whenever decided. <laughs>